With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Darkness Within Paranormal Radio Show. Tonight, I bring to you Cindy and Tom Spotnik, who are the Satanist. Um, we're going to hear their story and what they got to say about what's going on in the world. I mean, what's going on in the world is plainly baloney. Um, Cindy and Tom, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you very much for having us. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're welcome. You're most welcome on this show. And I have... Jeff Connor as my co-host tonight. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Hey, Tom. Hey, Cindy. How are you all doing tonight? Oh. Jeff, how are you today? Very good. Uh, how are you? Uh, doing better. If I was rich, famous, or good looking. But uh, none of those, so I have to deal with what I got, you know? <clears throat> my throat hasn't been feeling too good today, so Jeff is going to basically host my show tonight versus I'll be the co-host tonight. <laughs> so you... Uh, have you, uh, ever, you ever seen the uh, Hindenburg? Remember the Hindenburg? Hindenburg? That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much what, what the show will be like tonight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it'll be better than that. So anyway, well, why don't, why don't we let um, both Cindy and Tom tell us exactly what they do? You know, absolutely. I mean, that, that would be great. I don't absolutely. know who wants to go first. <laughs> Well, okay, he's pointing at me, so <laughs> I'll go first, I suppose, <laughs> ladies and court gentlemen. Um, well, um, what we do, we do uh, theistic Satanism right now, currently. We are we co-founded uh, a church, uh, the Ancient Church of God, and it is a theistic Satanist group, but Tom will tell you more about that right now. If you want to know a little bit more personally about what we do, I do counseling. Um, I do um, mind, body, spirit, uh, a practitioner. Um, I've been an occultist pretty much my whole path as long as I was old enough to do that kind of thing um, because of my family. But some of it, of course, until I was older was, of course, full keyed. Um, I've been a legal reverend, uh, non-denominational since the early 1990s. Um, I've been kind of uh, standing in many circles, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, And I embrace pretty much all of the past. Um, I meet very interesting people, um, especially when I'm counseling. Uh, Mind, body, spirit is uh, pretty much when it's counseling, it's about the client or the patient. So we kind of uh, build a tangled hierarchy in that manner um, because basically it's their their spiritual path, their healing, that kind of thing. So um, that's just a brief over, but here's Tom. I'm not going to try to dominate too much here. My wife is pretty decent. That she's done a lot more radio shows than I have recently. Uh, I used to do a lot of radio shows back in the 90s and 
releasing some of them that I kind of went. I kind of recoiled a little bit back and and did a little bit more of my education level and things like that. Um, I actually was involved in Satanism from the time I was about 20, and I became a member of what was called the Church of Satan, which is probably one of the largest satanic groups, organizations, churches, whatever you want to call them, in the entire world. They have 10,000-plus members. It may be even higher than that. Um, I uh, basically became a participating member, uh, found myself kind of isolated, as they like to do. They just take your money and run, basically, and came back to my home. I, I worked at, I worked out in California, and I came back to Michigan, and I bought a house here, and I started laying down roots and kind of building up myself from the time I was 20-something. Um, spent about 20 years in the car business, um, selling primarily Corvettes and luxury high-end cars. Did real well. And so, established so hey, about six years. You're, you're a used car salesman and a Satanist. Yeah, how about that, huh? <laughs> well, you know what? I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, it gets worse because all along that way, I was, Please I was also. You're not a politician. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got in trouble when I was younger, so I'm out of that. But, um, you know, and and while I went, and while I worked in the car business, I also went to college at Michigan State University, and I was pursuing a philosophy degree, which sounds really strange, but um, even to this day, I still hold my master's. I have a doctorate in philosophy, but it is, it's an internet college, so a lot of people kind of discredit that over time, but that's fine. Maybe they're just jealous. I don't know. I did all the credit work. So, <laughs> so you, know, you know how that goes, I guess. You know, oh, you didn't go to the, you, you didn't go to the Ivy League the situation, so you know, as we run into that, whatever we do, whether you're working in paranormal or whether you're working in cryptozoology or whether you're working in religion, there's always a whole gaggle of trolls out there that are willing to criticize something that they've never done themselves, but they'll criticize something that you've attained. So, you know, that, that same thing appears in, in the religion as well. But I spent all those years, and in 2000, in Michigan, in Dearborn, Michigan, we opened up what was called the Temple of Satan, which was a theistic satanic church, and it was an actual building, and we had people go, and we had that open until about 2008, and uh, it worked out really well, except that our rent slowly got higher and higher and higher, and I found that I was paying more and more and more of it, not because we weren't really okay. losing numbers, um, we just weren't gaining. Tom, I'm going to um, cut you off a little bit. Can you please no explain to people what a theistic because, you know, the first time I met you, you were on another show where I was a co-host, and then I had you on my show, and you explained it then. But can you explain it to the folks where, you know, what a theatrical yeah. Satanist really is? Yes, yes, and I don't, I don't have a problem at all. I've been explaining it forever, it seems like. Um, a theistic Satanist, theism, or theistic, the root word, they basically mean a faith in a greater power. A, it's almost like monotheism. So you have faith in a God of, you know, and that God could be a creator God or it could be just a God or a deity. Um, it basically all funds toward, or basically funnels towards having faith in a God. Satanism is having faith in Satan, the Satan part of ism. And this is without changes, you know, without the Urban Dictionary wanting to change it around and say it's atheism and everything else. So 
theistic Satanism fits together really well in the two parts. Um, you could be a theistic pagan. You could be a theistic Luciferian. If you believe in a god or goddess, whichever path you're on, you would basically be a theist. If you believed in one god, if you believed in many, many gods, you began into pantheism and, and you know, many, many polytheism. There's a lot of different theisms that fit into the theistic sphere of things. But I always tell everybody the best way to explain it is without theists, there wouldn't be atheists. Yeah, and basically right. where we're coming from are the, the roots of uh, the origins of where all the basic religions that you see out there um, currently come from. You can see the common denominators, but we are the rest of the story um, before everything got changed after the fact. So, you know, but the, uh, Satan, the word Satan means the opposer or the opposition. It's the Hebrew descriptive word of an action um, that basically occurred heard a car <laughs> that occurred um so that just means that we don't follow the doctrine of any of the abrahamic religions because the what we believe in basically started everything before it was corrupted by man um because there's no other way you can explain that it changed from okay well as I, as I remember from like the bible the christian bible um Abraham brought his one and only son up to be sacrificed, okay, and he never did it. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of deep and heavy that he wouldn't do that for God the Father, you know? Right, well, right, and Abraham appears to be the mysterious question. It's the key to a lot of things. We're... We're actually a theistic We're before Abraham, but let me explain to you to answer your question here. Abraham originated from the city of Ur, and if you you can read that for yourself within the biblical tales, within the Torah, which it went in many different economical publications or Bibles. You can read that Abraham came from Ur. There was no Christianity. There was no Islam. There was no Judaism that, or Jewishness that were practiced within the city of Ur. The city of Ur practiced a Sumerian way. The Sumerian way was not a religion. It was a way of life. It's been developed into many different religions within the city-state of Ur because there's many different deities that would have been honored within the city of Ur. For a long time, the city of Ur only had one deity, and that was at, towards its end. They, they basically parsed out all of the polytheism and went to a monotheistic figurehead. So at that time, if you to answer your question, if Abraham, what he was doing was he probably was practicing Sumerianism or a Sumerian faith. He wasn't practicing Islam, Christianity. Now, these religions, for some reason, adopted Abraham, and I think that's because of a god by the name of Enlil. Enlil, without getting too controversial here, Enlil is the root of Allah, okay? So maybe Abraham followed down. And this isn't to say that Islam is any greater than Judaism or any greater than Christianity. To me, they're all three my enemy, okay? But that is because of corruption, and I'm willing to explain that later. But, but you find yourself where you're looking at history. That's what a theistic Satanist does most of the time. Looks at the history aspect, explores the theology, and goes back before Abraham. Why do we go back before Abraham? That's always the best question I get quite often when I'm even when I'm speaking at the when, at the university. 
people come to me and they go, well, how can you be worshiping Satan when Satan is a Hebrew word? Yes, but there is a Satan prior to that Hebrew word. There's two brothers, there's a son, there's, there's, there's many, many children. So you're like, all right, well, aren't you practicing polytheism or something of that nature? No, because as Satanists, we're honoring the root God of Satan. I'm not honoring the Satan as explained by Judaism. I'm not honoring the Satan that's explained by Christianity. I'm not honoring the Satan that's explained by Islam or whatever, Hinduism, whatever, whatever religion, because we're going back to the root of Satan, which appears in Samaria. Right. I gotta, I gotta throw something out here, okay? And I, I gotta ask this question: um, How, as far as it goes to the worship of Satan, how do you justify Jesus saying, "No man shall enter heaven or my Father's house except through me," and it says, "Ye must be born that, again." So the question I would ask: The question I would ask. Jesus is well, a recast, construct, corruption of the first son. The first son of Anki would be Satan, actually. He would be so the serpent. Um, yeah, he was, he was the son. Jesus. Um, Jesus came along, oh, maybe about 4,000 years after the original son, the father, son, and spirit, which is the ones that we right. we venerate. Uh, I believe that the Yeah, they had an anointed king. The pagan way, back before these religions, um, they had, um, it was very common practice to have anointed kings, um, the ones that actually recast. You see it in Horus um, prior to Jesus. Um, the early Christian church was very different because they still had the anointed uh, kings back then. They were right. able, the priests were able to marry. Um, it wasn't until the papal bulls started going and acting um, before the church really, really got different. Um, but back then, it was there were more pagan ties where you can see where they're coming from before uh, the the councils of Nicaea met um, in the uh, inception of the Christian religion. Um, but they, I mean, it goes back. There's the first writings that actually you can see the common denominators and and the recast, um, the basic stories of the Father and the Son, um, and all of that is there. And so, if the further back you go. Um, the less corruption there is. Um, the corruption, when I say corruption, is in recast because man did that. There's no other way that that occurred when the common denominator stories are, are that and the same, except for the things that were changed in just to suit a certain, I guess, agenda at the time or need or uh, culture. Uh, so that's kind of like where we're coming from there. The city of Ur, when Abraham came out of Ur, was already a very ancient city, and it was already rebuilt on top of a much more ancient city prior. So this goes way back. Okay, now, you know, I read this in the group and stuff. Matter of fact, Tom posted it about paganism. I had a question if this was some kind of paganism of some sort. Um. That's another thing that I, I, that's one of my favorite subjects, actually. We're not pagan, we're not a pagan by any means. Pagan, in the word definition, is more of a heathen. It would have been used to describe somebody who was not of Christianity. Now, a Christian could come to me and go, you're a pagan. I'm not a heathen. 
theistic Satanism, and of course it exists in many different realms. And what I mean by that is it's very, it's got sects that are involved to it. There's people out there that are frauds and phonies that are teaching it without any type of legalities or whatever. So that is, so let's take them to the side. Theistic Satanism in its larger format or majority of people, okay, let me say that without being, everyone follows this particular way. No, that's not true. Let's say a very large percentage base their belief system on a religion that existed prior to but is not pagan. It is a prior religion itself. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, well, you know that-, that both you and Cindy know that I'm Christian, okay? And I am well. Sure. I'm Southern Baptist. Yeah. Like and <clears throat> it's like... I love you guys to death. You are very kind and loving people. You know, you're not like the ordinary Satanist that I have come across before, you know? Ah, the, the stage one, you know? I mean. <laughs> the Levade. Huh? It's the atheist stage, yes. The Levade. Yeah, you have a lot of Satanists that want to ride that line with Hollywood. They want to be spooky. They want to be evil. They want to kill their neighbor's dogs. I mean, there's all these different things. You know, there's one thing that the historical Satan teaches us, that it's important that we have wisdom, that we have love, we have caring. And it's not to say I'm trying to take Satanism, which has always been a dark religion and and reconstituted into some fluffy, pink cloud type religion. That's not true. There's plenty of darkness that's contained with it. The difference is, is publicly, what we do publicly is very much like anyone else. If you see us, we're like a Jew, we're just like a, a Muslim, we're like a Christian, you are welcome in our house, we dress normal, but when it gets down to doing our rituals and practices, we go to the Sumerian way, which is very much dark, very much underground, and very much, I really can't say a lot about it. I mean, yeah, but it's like, and, and as far as I know, it's like, you just don't snatch up a little animal and sacrifice it. No, you know what I'm saying? Not. Like, everybody no, no. else does. I mean, no, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have your kitties in your house because you would sacrifice them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. That's our baby. No. Right. There's people who would have you believe that's what Satan is. Well, you've got to have, who... have cats in your house because otherwise you'd have a lot of mice, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but no, just like our true natures as as a human, we have. I mean, we're amazing. Um, we were created so amazing. We're not all dark. We're not all light. We're so many layers in between, and we understand and embrace every bit of it. Um, well, I was, you know, it, I was noticing from an article. I, I have to pull up some stuff on this. Uh, dated September fifth, two thousand fourteen. Doing satanic groups skewed over Tea Party politics. I was really intrigued that you call yourself conservative and you associate yourself, you're pro-life, and you actually associate yourself with the Tea Party values from, from back then when the Tea Party was big. That sort of amazed me because, you know, as a, as a ghost hunter and growing up in West Virginia, I'm used to Satanists, the traditional thing. And we, we literally, on Halloween, we would find, um, you know, people would go up and actually do the satanic rituals on Halloween, the whole nine yards, the stereotypical mm-hmm. yeah. Satanist, so to speak. So my yeah. question also would be, is it like a lot of religions, in other words, like Southern Baptists, is Northern Baptists or Southern Baptists, 
so Satanists, I assume that there's probably different Satanists as well. Like in your group, yeah. they're probably under different Satanists do practice different things. Is that correct? Yeah, a lot of Satanists tend to lean towards liberal values, and and I try to I've separated myself from the political things here as of as of late, mainly because of the formulation of a church. I don't really I have my personal views, which is again I I don't believe in abortion, you know I believe right. in gun rights, things like that. So I right. would fall conservative, you know. Right, and me as a medical person, um, because I am going integrative medicine. Um, aside from counseling, because I did 11 uh, certifications in medicine and various areas there, I'm pro-life. Um, and yes, as far as, well, Sam Hain, uh, Halloween, uh, basically that's my birthday, number one, but um, in the old ways and that, they, we did keep track of a lot of the cycles, um, the equinoxes and uh, the solstices and that kind of thing, too, because even today you have your almanac um, of planting and growing the first harvest, second harvest, third harvest, which the first one would be wheat. The second one would be when you have your, all your main fruits and vegetables come in, like apples, and um, that would be mid-September. Um, and the last one would be when the meats were harvested for the winter months. And so there you have a lot of blood because the animals were harvested, rendered. Um, and they did that. Yeah, when they did it in the ritual, it was for giving thanks to the animal and, and releasing the soul with dignity. Um, so it was very much, I mean, they didn't go around beating them in the head like they do when you find your meat in the grocery store. So, I mean, so and I think that's what Christianity, yeah, so that there's a lot of things there that have been misinterpreted. Um, because, so you have any when you with the Druids? But, I yeah, don't. My family does. Right. My family is old Irish, very old. Um, okay. Uh, because a lot of the things yeah. you're telling me, the Druids, I, I've read up, my wife is Scottish Irish, God help me. Uh, anyway, so, um, anyway, and uh, redhead from Detroit. Uh, so I'm just wondering, because some of the things that you're saying actually match up with what the Druid does. I mean, I read a story, the reason we even say knock on wood is because the story that I read was where the Druids believed that the souls would actually inhabit the trees and they felt like that if they knocked on the wood, honoring their relatives that had passed on, that during the previous cycle, that they would have good crops before. Right. The dryads, absolutely. And there was other right. things that were done with the trees um, to help with that, yeah. See, the dirty little <laughs> secret within all within all alternate type things, and in paganism or whatever, if someone's practicing traditional path, and I'm not talking, you know, there's neo-paganism, there's all kinds of different avenues of paganism that went to. Um, but I'm not a pagan, but but I do know this because I've been around thousands of people in ritual practices and things. I can tell you this. We practice rituals, but we practice them privately. We don't practice them open. We practice a set of rituals that we can show people that we can basically put on our own show equal to anyone else's show out there. However, our private rituals are are just that. I mean, they involve things that I can't really talk about. They're not dragging off babies or dragging off dogs or cats, granted. But there's situations where there's secrets that lie within the path, and those secrets are unlocked as you gain trust and tenure. And right now, uh, give you an example out of the hundreds of members, and I, I'm not going to sit here and brag and tell you I have thousands right, of right. members like a lot of these other groups, okay? The hundreds of members, about about 
15 to 20 percent are privileged to the secret ritual or to secret rituals or rites that we do. It's not, they're not spooky, they're not public because we're not looking to scare everybody or get kicked out of town or, or put up on hate crimes or anything whatsoever. They're just private rituals that, that the religion, by commandment, tells us not to share. Right, because the tells are locked situation. Okay, uh, I, went to, I, I went to two places in Connecticut. One is the Green Lady Cemetery across the street. There's a, a satanic altar up there where there's blood. As you could tell, it's blood all over like an altar. And then mm. I went to Tory's Den where in like a little cave type thing there's also blood in there on like a table okay um now i got bad feelings in there should i should i have gotten bad feelings i don't know you know i i don't know if i should have gotten the bad feelings i did you know well if you've got bad feelings, there's probably a reason. But, um, you know, the reason why they're secret pretty much is because even the occult information that's out there, there's a lot of guesswork because no magician is going to put out every bits and pieces so that they can be dethroned, if you will, um, and have their power taken by anyone. Um, there weren't a lot of grimoires laying around for everybody to pick up. I mean, nobody really, unless you were of nobility, um, until about the age of Madame Velasky, the Crowley, um, Mathers, there really wasn't a lot of people that learned to read and write. Um, so There's that there Mathers, no, ma'am, again. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that was like towards the end of the 1800s. My family were a part of that, too, and I've got some of my pictures up there. They did a lot of the card readings and that kind of thing, too, and they're coming from the old uh, family lines back in the British Isles, but... At any rate, it, it rise back then for a period, and then around the, the late 1920s, it went back down underground until Gardner brought it out in the late 50s. Um, so, but there's a lot of speculation, and of course, the fear of the unknown. But the main reason is by initiation um, and trust. Um, you would never ever give the the things that you were taught by uh, another magician, and it took time. It wasn't just you pick up a book or you just went to a couple of like weekend seminars and got your little certificate. This took years, um, and there was a lot of trust built um, because you are passing on what they would call the gnosis or that, that particular vibration, um, and that does take time. Um, so that's kind of like okay, why that's Okay, I have done. a question here in the chat room for, for Tom. Yeah. It says, uh, what's your view on the paranormal? Does your religion believe in ghosts, witches, etc.? Well, I can tell you this. Yes, there are spirits. And, and how my religion views it is that uh, there's a heaven, okay? There is considered the earth. And then there's called the netherworld. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly as described by Sumerian history. This isn't a time responding, making this up or anything at all. You can look in, in the corpus lexicon of, of Sumerian history. So, yeah, uh, But anyway, going back, to my, going back to how this occurs, the netherworld is a place where it's inhabited by ghosts. And we see that in a story uh, that comes from what's called the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is about a 3500 B.C. book that talks about it, – it's really – 
it's not a book from then. It's it's recreated from what they call a cylinder sealed and huge, I guess, tablets. Anyway, yes, and these tablets tell us the, the netherworld, and it, they tell us of someone going to the netherworld. And in the netherworld, there are all kinds of creatures. Um, actually, in the story, and a lot of people won't be familiar with with the name change here from Satan to Nigashita, but I'm going to explain this slightly here. Um, Nigashita actually goes into this ghost world or netherworld, and when he goes there, he's actually slain. He's overpowered. Imagine that, a god being overpowered. And when he comes back to Earth, the creator god, who would be Enki, or would be the same as, who would come down the road, basically, come down the road and turn into, let's say, uh, Yahweh or, or Elohim or one of the Jewish gods. But anyway, getting back to the story, he goes there and he has to be brought back to life. He's overpowered by demonic forces. He's overpowered by ghost people. He's overpowered by a lot of descriptive things. A lot of people call them demons, but that word didn't exist in, in Sumerian. So it's just a word for what he was encountering when he was there. There were encounters of many characters and many deities who actually went there, including one that a lot of people know of, and that's called Anana or Anini or Ishtar. She was actually slain in this nether realm as well. Turned into a corpse. And she was turned into a corpse, and she had to be brought back. Yeah. So she had to be brought back again by Enki when she, he provided the breath of life for the creator at that time. There was a much older creator, though, than Enki. So there was a creator in, in the Sumerian story. There was a creator of the earth and a female who was also had her hand in the creation of the earth. There were two brothers who disappeared, and then there were two other brothers, Enki and Enlil. And Enki and Enlil were both. One resided in the heavens and the other resided on the earth. Enlil resided in the heavens, which is kind of strange here, but didn't he become the god or whatever because he's in the heavens? No. And you had Enki on the earth. Enki was of the water of the earth. And then Enki and Enlil both had children, and those children became part of a larger family. And, and, and this is almost a spread into polytheism, but... One thing in Sumeria, you did not worship 10 different gods at one time. It was forbidden. So in today's world, doing that, again, how directional are you? But anyway, going back to the, going back to what I'm talking about with the ghosts, the ghosts and the other, other world creatures that people encountered back in, let's say, 3500 B.C. weren't any different than what they are today. Today, they're many times described in many different ways, from cryptozoology to ghost hunters on television to people who hunt ghosts, whatever. So there's many, many descriptors, just as many other things. To isolate one type of ghost or isolate one type of demon, as people call them today, would, or being or entity would be really hard. I, I call them entities. I call them otherworld creatures, netherworld beings, etc., etc. I've only seen myself one situation with uh, with something I could not explain. Um, I've seen other things happen like orbs and things like that, but but not something that I could put my finger on and say, oh, look, that's from the Sumerian netherworld or states that's from some hell or underworld or whatever period of civilization <laughs> wants to talk about another world. You know, Does Cindy I, I, show I you my he, video I took the other night in my bedroom? I don't know. He didn't see it that. No. no <laughs> oh, my God. It. <laughs> it was snowing in here, Tom. Seriously, it was snowing. 
you know, I don't want to come off either that I don't believe because I do believe there are other world creatures. I just don't. I'm not as quick to define them. You know, again, I'm not a skeptic. I just I don't really want to identify well, them because you I see them differently. Like you can't define anything you see, anything you take a picture of. Everybody has their own opinion of what it is. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We've seen the cryptids and all that. So, but where are yeah. they coming from? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Well, now you want to, okay, well, I'm going to get into that now, okay? You've seen <laughs> the cryptids in your state, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, many people are like, People are posting to get an event going to go there. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can't go there. <laughs> you know, and, and I see that. I haven't posted anything about what you told me or anything like that about them people. But other people evidently have seen them as well. And now they're yeah. going to go disrupt their lives there. Well. Yeah, and that's, yeah, there's not enough. I mean, to see them and to interact with them are two different things. You know, there's a whole blatant lack of respect as far as I can see. You know, man's ego, they assume that it's returned. But why would they hide out and kind of coexist if they wanted to share the human experience? They really wouldn't. Um, You know, I think that... These people invading their privacy. Won't they get hurt? Doing that? What's that? What's going in there with these people that want to invade those people's privacy. You know who I'm talking about. I'm I'm not saying it on air. Right. Because you told me that in confidence. Sorry, folks. Can't say it. Won't say it. Won't say where they are. (laughs) Well, I don't think a lot of people know it everything that there needs to be known about them. You know, we're all kind of sharing information, but you're right. Um, It'd be no different than somebody coming into your home and just making themselves at home and saying, okay, here we are. Now we're going to get along. And it's like, here we are. I'm going to sit on your couch. I'm going to watch your TV. I don't care. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the truth of the matter is there there are things that that really, you know, there's more that... um, that we coexist with, um, whether it be tiny, tiny microbes in the the swamps, you know, that have been there since the beginning. And there's other beings, and some are known and some are not. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure they have personalities that range just like any other. Um, but to assume a lot of things is very egotistical of a man. You know, it's 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 hey, a, hey, an assumption. Hey, hey. I would say. <laughs> I know. Well, we. If I, if I, yeah, well, I don't. I really we know, know, you know in Michigan there's a lot of weird things going on up there. That's it. Somebody shit me some testosterone right now. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's mutual respect, though. You know, it's mutual respect for anything, any, any kind of being, whether they have a body or or they're disincarnate, whether they're um, a spirit or a ghost of a human or an entity that's never been human. Um, you know, we kind of coexist in existence um, with a lot of things, you know. and Actually, half the people in 
in Michigan I met when I was up in Ishpeming, half the people there, I don't think they're human anyway. So, you know. Well, <laughs> it gets kind of bad. I refuse to comment. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Okay. <laughs> no I forgot but, to send no. you guys the uh, object that I got moving from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, like I said, there's, there's a lot of things. You know, the cemeteries are really interesting places because, yes, you're going to find your newly departed loved one. But there's a lot of emotion that has a lot of energy, and it's not always disincarnates that are attracted to that. Um, there's parasitical uh, entities out there that just love the, the feeding frenzy that the emotions um, bring. Um, so, yeah, and I think sometimes paranormal, at least beginning before, they didn't have an idea that there were these things out there and they would get sick really fast and didn't understand what was going on. So, uh, yeah. Let me ask you guys, too. Um, as a Christian, we are um, we are besieged, uh, for lack of a better word, by the organization, uh, and, and I'm sure everybody's heard of them, called the Freedom From Religion, Freedom From Religion Foundation, that believes that no entity, no Christian should have, like, a cross. They, there's been some stuff in the news about even taking crosses off of, of gravestones from World War II, Veterans, which I think is very disrespectful because they have nothing to do with it. But the question I have is, are, is your religion, per se, harassed by the freedom from religion? Are, are Satanists in general, are they harassed as well? Like if you try to erect a monument, I'm just curious, do they come and harass you as well? Well, there's, there's different types of Satanists. Um, there's Satanists that like to get involved in the political affairs of trying mm-hmm. to put up statuary and things like that when that would be nice but again to have statuary of course but I, I personally feel that you know your relationship with a deity doesn't require a statue it doesn't require right. a cross I mean there's there's symbolism yes um, there's logos there's a lot of things that you know you can play into or enter into but for an example in the Sumerian part of who Satan is there's not a cross to him. There's symbols to him. There's drawings to him. Um, but there's not a statuary that I would want to erect anywhere, not because I'm scared <laughs> to do so. It's just I, I don't need, I really don't like the controversy. I don't believe in right. having to fight with people. We we have our enemies, right. but we hold our enemies. You don't have to. Right. Now, with I, myself, I mean, actually with myself being involved in the paranormal, I found it necessary to actually read up on the different religions and what they believe, including Satanists, okay? I mean, I haven't met any Satanists as nice as you guys. I've never met them, okay? They were always evil and mistrusting and everything else, you know? Yeah, most of them are very obnoxious. Everyone I've met. So... I read up on religions, and, you know, you have to know how to deal with different religions when you go out there in the field. You have to know that, you know? Right, right. You just have to. Well, you know, it's called respect. As long as someone is not trying to convert me, I'm not going to try to convert them, Um, you know, or try to kill me, you know, because I'm not going to let that happen either. 
and that's been done. And somebody, I mean, that's a couple of occasions that it's been kind of gotten out of hand. I can tell you some stories, but along the way. But, okay, well, I have a question for both of you guys, okay? <laughs> now, George Bush's great-great-grandfather went up, went out there because he belonged to the Skull and Bones at Yale. Hmm. He went out there and dug up Geronimo's skull. Then he bought it back uh-huh. to Yale New Haven to the Skull and Bones. And now uh-huh. George Bush himself, the, the president, but, right. you know, was back a little while ago, he's got the skull. Now, right. do you feel that that may have something to do with the how the economy is going and, and the world is going? No, I don't know about that. I think that they need to give and return that skull back to the family. Um, I mean, that's seriously, who's going to do that? You know, that that's just disrespectful. Um, well, what Skull and Bones tried to do was return a skull of a child back to the Apaches, and, and they weren't having it. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, there's a lot of things, um, you know, there that could possibly be. I think it would be more of a personal um, a personal interaction. Um, anything is possible. I mean, look what occurred over time. Um, but in disrespect to a family or if somebody was cursed in a family line, per se, you know, things happen. Um I don't know. I'm not there, and I'm glad I'm not because I wouldn't be um, that. I would be pretty angry if somebody had my grandparents or my grandfather's skull um, knowingly and was haunting it. You know, that's just not right. So, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a reason why, you know, you don't desecrate the dead. Um, there really is. Well, it doesn't matter what religion you are, you shouldn't desecrate the dead. I mean, seriously, I, I, my thing is, is, you know, like I say, even as I, I've been doing paranormal investigation for over, almost 30 years now, and so coming up on 30, and the thing is, is one thing, we we find ourselves in being a Christian organization. We, we use the Bible to close places, et cetera, but the one thing we never do is ever, ever show disrespect to the man, and I don't think any religion, whether you're Satanist, whether you're Buddhist, Hindu, whatever, I, I just, my personal thing is, I, I think it says a lot about a, a person, how you treat the dead, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if, if you really, you know, you go and, like, I'm just going to be blunt, like, go make a love in a graveyard, those type of things, you know? And that's just not cool, you know? Um, even when I was in high school, I never did that because I had respect for them, you know? Uh, even before right. I became a paranormal, and, and that's just... To me, it's just basically morals, and believe it or not, y'all have a lot of morals, which really surprised me. I have learned a lot uh, from y'all. I really have, uh, which which really shocked me. You know, you, I came wow. into this. I came you into know, Justin, it's, it's funny you bring that up about respecting the dead, okay? Mm-hmm. I used to go to this one cemetery, Lampson Corner in Connecticut, which is very haunted. And there's a little two-year-old girl there that died from smallpox. Actually, the whole village did. It was 
the the whole village. It was called Lampsing Corner, like years and years ago. So they right. put a cemetery across the street. And I used mm-hmm. to go to her gravestone and, you know, just pat the gravestone and say, you could rest at peace, you could rest at peace. And I got accused of disrespecting her dead. That's stupid. Oh, boy. See, That's I got stupid. permission from my mom and my dad and my family. And, you know, there's ancestry worship um, in a lot of cultures, and there's a reason, Chinese, you know. Um, Chinese yeah, Cindy, uh, when, I mean, when you have... Somebody that's been dead since the 1800s, and you go up there, and you know that they're not resting in peace. You feel it in your body. And you walk up to their stone and say that they could rest in peace, and you just pat the top of their stone. Why are you called called disrespected? You know, why are you called disrespecting them? I wasn't disrespecting that little girl. She's in turmoil. She don't know why she died. To me, you're going to be going like peeing on the grave or something. That's disrespecting. To me, you know, or right. That, that type of right. thing. That's right. Just, you know. Yeah, there, there's a difference. Um, the dead kind of they they will take care of business. So trust me, they will <laughs> give it to Oh yeah, they <laughs> will. And, and to go and to go back a little bit on what how we feel people when they die, what occurs with them. There's in, in Samaria, there's not some great heaven place where you're going to go and it's going to be cherubs and horns and gates and golden arches. It, it actually is what's called the Kerr. And it took me a minute. I had to remember the word for it. The Kerr is a place where you're going to fight. And there's two different ways you fight. You fight till you expire or you fight until you gain your access to your deity. So (laughs) we don't know what we're going to encounter until we go there. That fight could be mental because, again, we're separated from our bodies at that point. Um, But it's not really, I mean, when you're buried in in Sumerian faith, you're buried basically with your possessions, very similar to how the Egyptians did it. And you would be buried with your gold or with, you know, with everything. And it's not that you're taking this with you. It's just to make you feel comforted because it's almost a painful death. I mean, it's almost like you're fighting to gain yourself away from. They don't tell you this is where you're going. It's a fight to stay away from the netherworld. It's a state. It's basically to stay away from where the ghosts live. To stay away. Okay. And going I, to the grave. I have a question for you. Them. You sort of set that balance. Right. I have a question for you, Tom. When I first got my mother's ashes to the apartment I was living in, you know where that was. You know who it was, okay? One of the landlords was upstairs, and my stove was there, and I had a spice rack, and I had gone into the bathroom. Upon coming out of the bathroom, a thing of spice came flying off the spice rack out there. What do you call that? What what kind of spice was it? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. It, it, it depends. It, 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 it happened like two spice. years ago, Jeff. I don't remember what kind of spice it was. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, and don't, don't, don't take it that I'm doubting that these other world people exist. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I know, who it, I know exactly who it was. 
It's just like okay, evidently she was very unhappy because <laughs> she never <laughs> thought she'd travel by mail to Michigan. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's funny. I'm sorry. I can just, I can show I'm you. Serious. I'm sorry. I'm, My mother so, never thought that she would travel by mail to Michigan. No, she, she never even no. dreamed about going to Michigan. So, Listen, you know, and, and actually she threw, when I walked out of the bathroom, she threw a, a, a container of spice at me. And I'm like, well, you could cook and everything like that, but I'm not turning the stove on for you. <laughs> Listen, she was she was probably pissed because you didn't use express mail. That's probably what I keep thinking. Oh my God, you're so cheap. You can't afford express yeah. mail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I mean, how do you explain that? That you know, these well, entities can throw stuff at you. Well, how do you explain that? <laughs> Because we have two bodies, one in science we call a vital body, and that is 100%. We know that there's two bodies, a physical, three-dimensional that we interact here, but there's enough force there. Because remember, um, the tornadoes that we see, that's the debris field, all right? The physical debris field is picked up, but if it didn't have a debris field, that force would still be just as powerful. Um, I mean, if you were driving, you get it. Yeah, I've never um, seen any tornadoes. Every time that a tornado walks in Missouri, I used to run out the back door and watch for these the tornadoes, I'm and they never it. hit. I know. I'm using it as an example of a force. Um, whether you see it or you don't, you know what we see is the physical, um, the, the molecules, the atoms, and everything that makes it solid. Um, but that is you can't see. Wind. Yeah, you see the results of wind. Right. There's still an energy that is a body that you know, is an energy. Um, so do you think she was, do you think my mom was upset because she was in Michigan or do you think she was upset because I wasn't really paying attention to her? I think you would have to ask her and she would, I'm sure, tell you. Um, you'd get the message one way or the other and you already know the answer I'm thinking anyways. <laughs> you know? I have this image. Yeah. I have this image of her mom getting a ghost box reading and, and it's saying, I told you no paprika. No paprika. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's a lot. There there's a lot of things that, you know, um but yeah, it starts at the beginning. You know, um, Enki, they, he created his son um, using parts of the best of the best, the council, whatever you want to call, to, uh, to first three-dimensional incarnate to have the, the experience here on Earth. That's where you get the son of the father, the spirit. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the beginning. It, it's all there. Um, and But he wasn't, um, but then again, I was going to say Jesus, the one that you venerate, um, he had some things where he threw up the table and, and you know, wasn't all that happy all the time either. Okay. When now, when I was growing up in the Catholic faith, they taught us that Satan or Lucifer, as they used to call him, Lucifer, Saint mm-hmm. Lucifer, and Jesus, one, they were brothers. Two, they fought on top of a church for their position. Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at when you look at how that goes backwards, you, you've got you got the concept that they might be brothers. It's defined by the Babylonian concept that there were a lot of brothers and sisters. So 
get that idea, you got to remember most of the Bible of the New Testament or of the Old Testament as written in the hand of Christianity was designed originally by the Roman Catholic movement, which occurred in Nicaea. Now, what they did was they created this Bible, and they always go back to this agreement that they had to create this Bible. But when we look at the Bible, where does it come from? It comes from what was called the Tanakh and the Torah, and it takes books from that original book and morphs it into what is known as Roman Catholicism. You know, we're Protestant and, and Methodist and all the different sects didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Greek version of the Bible coming passed down, which is actually a, a, more of like a Torah or a Tanakh book of the original pieces of the Bible. And that's brought to Nicaea. And who comes to Nicaea? Well, the Caesar, along with several other people who are all considered great philosophers of the time, gather in Nicaea. And they all sit around these round tables and they begin to put the different stories that they can assemble from different areas of what is spoken of Jesus, what's spoken of Moses, what's spoken of all these different things. And they put it all together in what's called the the New Testament and Old Testament. They kind of merge Judaism and their newfound religion of Christianity together. Right. Um, the name Lucifer is not found before the Christian religion. Right. It's not it's found before Nicaea either. Not, not Lucifer itself, but we had Caesars over in the British Isles, say, for example. But for, that's, what I'm, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at. You you go down the list, the original Bible, then man made this Bible, man made that Bible, man made the uh-huh. NIV, man made the, the King James, man made this Bible. I mean, they, they change... Okay, I use the NIV Bible, which I could understand. But if I have to use, say, the King James Bible, I don't understand that worth a shit, okay? Point blank. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. But I understand the NIV Bible, you know? Right. And it's like... Yeah, they still needed a villain. I did. They still needed a I did two exorcisms. One was of a house, one was of a person. The first one I did of the house, the demon within that house was called Leviathan. I didn't find his name nowhere in the Bible. Leviathan is actually mentioned. It's mentioned in the Bible, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And and it was talking about a a great beast, if I'm not mistaken. But I do remember... I don't remember where exactly, but I do remember either in, in the book or, or uh, the Bible, I want the lost scrolls or something, but I do remember seeing the name Leviathan. There's no Leviathan in the Bible, James. In many, many Bibles. The second one that I did on a human, the demon's name was Azil. Of course, it gave me other names, but no, it wasn't. Yeah, you, you know, everybody, you know how many people there are, and these are all, a lot of them are coming from, like, some of the older, like you said, Judaism and that. Um, but everybody and their brother has this one manifesting in their living room. You, you know? Right. I'm not going to get into a piss and match here, Judy, but yes, Leviathan does appear in the Bible many times. Yes. And Joel, here's an idea. There's probably about 20 different quotes of Leviathan. Right. There it is. Well, I have to go look again because I didn't see it. 
Help me <laughs> yeah, out here, Tom. This says, well, okay. Tom, this I'll, says I'm going to point one out for you that I know off the top of my head. In, in Psalm, I don't know exactly. Okay. In, in Psalm 74, 14, I believe it is. And I might 13, be wrong. 1323. Okay. Yeah, you crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness, if I remember how that goes. There's, right. there's, and there's, there's more than just that that goes into the Job that. Job 41, too. Yeah. And I know it's in Revelations. I know it's in Genesis. I, and, again, it probably depends on what Bible that you're working with. Again, there's so many different versions. And, you're, right. and you know what? Ex- you can, exactly. Well, like, it confuses you. You know, like, okay, Psalm 104.26, Psalm 74.14, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, there's so many Bibles you work with, and... Well, here, you're going to both be insulted by what I'm going to tell you. If you're, you know what, in Christianity, if you wanted to go back and be the earliest Christian you could, you'd have to be a Roman Catholic because they're the first ones to lay out the New Testament. Now, I, Methodist, Protestants are all <laughs> mad. I'm okay, not mad. I'm totally, I don't agree. <laughs> well, the reason I'm saying that well, is see, uh, When I was doing the exorcism on that person, I asked for a name. I asked the demon to give me a name. And at first they said Amadeus, and I'm like, Oh, they made a movie out of you and a song for you, you know, you know. And then we called out the name, Azil, and it said, what? So that's how we knew how who it was, you know. Azazel? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, the the big thing is, is and, and, and a lot of people go, Tom, you're trying to take the fun out of, out of Satanism or out of the occult, they get mad at me because, but when you are using a word, the word has a root to it. And, and of course, being a philosophy major, and that doesn't make me better than anybody because I have probably the worst grammar in the world at times, okay? (laughs) However, it doesn't affect philosophy. As a philosopher, you look at something and you understand why a tree does what it does, or a tree does this, or whatever, why it's green, whatever. You you take something apart to the tiniest piece, and atheists do that a lot. I run into that. You know, they tear it down. There, some of the atheists that I know are some of the best philosophers in the world because they're able to take something down to the tiniest part, like a toaster, and tear it down to the screw in an <laughs> argument. You know, I'm not talking about an argument. I'm talking about, you know, discussion. Um, right. One of the things people get angry with me over is they're always like, well, why are you bitching about this, that, and the other thing? And I'm stating, well, if you're using the word I believe in Satan, okay, you would think you would want to believe in the oldest form of Satan. And believing in the oldest form of Satan, you take out Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and any corruptions that lead to the oldest way of Satan. You know, it's like I just okay. like this. You're, you're not going to go see, up on stage. As a, as a Christian, and I belong to your group, as a Christian, I could tell you honestly, I believe in Satan. Okay? I seriously believe in Satan. All right? Mm-hmm. And hey, listen. After being married to my ex-wife, I do too. Trust me, okay? 
Yeah. Well, you know, Samaria. We know there's a Satan. We know there's a Satan. Right. Christians are afraid. I'm. I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. I am totally so scared of Satan. I don't want nothing to do with Satan because. I saw what Satan could do. I had the, the for hands-on experience with one of the demons. I didn't like it. I don't want to ever go back there again, you know? Yeah, I understand. But the thing of it is, is now, by definition, all the Abrahamic religions are Satan to us because you guys are the opposers. Um, so you see, it works two ways. Um, but there is evil in the world. Well, you, you know, see, I don't oppose you guys. I don't oppose no, you I guys. <laughs> I know. Of course well, there's action. I was raised that if you have something to do with satanic people, they're going to cast a spell on you and you're going to turn into a toad or whatever. And it's like, no, <laughs> hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? But it's like, it's called respect. Okay. Yes. You yes. guys respect me, and I respect you. Mhm. You know, yes. I mean, if there, well, I have no. a question to ask, I ask. And Cindy, you know for yourself, I've come to you many times asking questions. Mhm. Yes. Yes. Well. A lot, a lot of Satanists go with the idea that they just need to go out and cut you to pieces because you ask them a question, or pagans, or Wiccans, or whatever. No, you, it's good to have dialogue. And Cindy is a lot better at dialogue at times with people than I am because she has more patience because of her background in in medical. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is there is evil, and it's called the actions of free will. You know, when it goes down to it, 666 is the number of man, which is also the number of the beast. So what is that saying? It says the evils that are, are coming into the world are coming by way of man and their free will. Sometimes the work monsters out there are humans because of the things that they choose to do. And I mean choose to do, knowing full well that they are not good things. You know, it, it's all a perspective. Um, and that is where true evil is, is in the heart of a man um, brought forth. Um, this can, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what religious banner a person's under because some of the worst serial killers have used and hid in, in the Christian religions. Dahmer, um, uh, Ridgeway, um, uh, what's his name, the other one, um, Bundy. They've all been very clean-cut Christian men and pillars of the community, but and they were under that banner. But they brought oh, you want to start naming serial killers that were Christian? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm serious. You got Bundy, you got yeah, uh, John Wayne said. Gacy, you got uh, yes. Charles yes. Manson is, ma- yes. well, he just recently Absolutely. died. So, you yes. know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. you have all That's these exactly people yes. that were They're raised right. in the Christian faith that just like turned all right. of a sudden and it went crazy. Exactly. They brought forth evil by choice because something either went wrong or something, whatever happened, you know, they wore the flag of a religion. So it's not really the religion. It's the person that chooses of their own free will. 
the evil. You can go back further than that. You look at all the men in the mafia. They were born and raised Christian, baptized, confirmed, you know, communion, holy communion and stuff like that. They were born and raised in, in the Christian community. And look at Al Capone. Uh-huh. Yep. You know. and, and priests and that. And priests that the, the molestation, you know. There's yeah, a lot what's of up with priests? Well, yeah, that's giving everything, you know, the bad. But it's it's not the whole black. I'll tell people. you the it's God's the honest people. truth. There was this priest I used to take my son to for counseling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he looked weird to me. I I had a weird feeling about him and stuff. And you know what? He got arrested for molestation. Right. Well, a brother of mine was living in a duplex. Um, well, three, I think it was three. Um, well, I think that what happened was the roommate was on the first floor and then he got to use the basement. But he, the, my brother, not my brother, my blood brother, but my brother, um, was on the top. And he noticed that something was not right, and he kept trying to bring it. But turns out he was a serial killer, this person. Not my brother, but the one that was the questionable one. And, yeah, that wasn't good. Okay, so. One of the people doing all this to young men. Or young girls, right. and yeah. they'll say, "The devil made me do it." Bullshit. Yeah, no. Right. Well, see, no. I got I got to jump it's in here, okay? okay? When when Jesus is up on Jesus is up on the cliff, and he basically asked Jesus to bow down. He said, "I'll give you all these things if you just bow down to me." I honestly believe, basically, Satan. As a Christian, is in charge of the world. I, I think he has basically uh, dominion over this world. I, I really do with all my heart. And I think we are born inherently evil. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not saying babies are going to go out and murder somebody with an Uzi. That's not what I mean. But I also believe children live what they learn, too. Like, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, I was raised with paddling. You mess up, your parents beat your butt. Trust me, I would much rather deal with the cops and my parents any day growing up. Okay. But I was raised are, in that Christian home. Huh? Are you guys sitting are you guys sitting down? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. This is not this is something that uh, again people are learning. Probably something the Cindy already discussed. <laughs> could be. Well it's something it's it's something that is probably gonna it's probably gonna stun you a little bit. Because and there's going to be Satanists who listen to this and go, "What the hell is he talking about?" Number Are one. you going to tell me that hell is on Earth? Because if you're going to tell no, me no, that, no. I believe it. No, 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 no. There's, there's no, there's no concept of hell in Sumer. Um, in in the Sumerian path, you've got the sun, who would be Satan. He's really he's really a sun because he's kind of brought back to life. He's resurrected as a resurrected son of a god. That god would be Enki. And Enki would be what would be considered a a level creator god. And what, let me go back and explain what a level creator god. There Inky's was a, a master. Enki's a little guy in Pac-Man. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But, but um, 
No, um, but no, you, there was a prime creator God that shaped the world. He sent down this mighty dragon, which you'll find in in the idea of Leviathan. And I'm talking, this is about 6,000-year-old information here. Sent down the great dragon that formulated the earth. Christianity used that up until the King James Bible as a narrative on who worked with the world. It said in the okay. exact wording was in the, in the Bible that Leviathan, rested upon the earth after working with the creation of the old Genesis stories, okay? But that was changed by King James, of course, to a different narrative. Yeah. It's not. Cha- it was changed by the Catholic Church as well. Right. Um, but what happened was, is later on in the story, the Leviathan is destroyed by the Son of God. So the Leviathan basically is pulled out from the entire scenario. Now, this is about 3,000 BC. As, okay, as that was before was, Jesus Christ was born, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, the first so, person, actually, the first person to be brought back from in a resurrection, uh, it would be Ningashita, followed by a female goddess by the name of Anana Inini, and later who becomes Ishtar and many other deities within pagan corruptions thereof. Mm-hmm. So there is divine resurrections prior to. Okay, these stories that merge down. Now you got to remember, it's hard because I'm telling you stuff that's really foreign. Because again, talking to Christians or talking to a Jew or a Muslim, of course, you guys have your ideas, and and I have mine. But 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 these stories were what formulated your story. Where does Freya fall in? That's Norse. That would be Norse. uh, Norse religions all evolved in, in medieval times. So they, I'm talking. They're they're AD religions. They're pagan, and they're pagan in root origin. Most of the, most of the Norse religions or Norse Norse pantheon are actually really originally Germanic. Yeah, Visigoth. The or the Visigoth period. Now prior, there is some disconnect between what the gods of Iceland were and the gods of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, where the Vikings resided. There were also Vikings that lived in Greenland. So there's different divisions. They all formulated in the medieval times their gods and goddesses and started naming them Loki and Freya and other things. Those same gods and goddesses, when you trace them back, are the same gods and goddesses I talk about. They're just different cultures and civilizational names. Absolutely. Those are the sheep in Ireland. The foreign invasions, they have the same names. I knew... The D was later added to the primary creator um, to a D because they were under the assumption that the tribes of Dan came up and taught the mysticism or the Kabbalistic teachings. Um, actually, the the Anen, I call them, um, because those are the, the ties to my lineage, um, mm-hmm. predate that. I mean, and they have the same uh, akin to uh, the Anaki Council or the Elohim in Judaism later. And they're the same number, the same basic stories, some of the same names, um, and some were changed. But this is where the Caesars went and recorded all this. Um, Lou, uh, the, the king, actually would be very much, he described him as Belle. Um, and he was beautiful on the eyes, and he was master and champion of all that he did. And he was the human of the others who were God or deity of the council. Um, so you see all a lot of things there in the north were brought, and it was about 4,000 years ago um, or so, 
there was more than one trip in and out, but that that culture was absorbed into the tribal uh, in the Celts, um, and the Caesars took that and they wrote about that. Um, one of the Caesars, I believe it was Julius, was so he akin him to Mercury um, or Thoth even. Um, so you know, there, there's a lot of interacting there. There's a lot of uh, denominators um, in culture where some of these recasts are coming from, and then you have your Vikings that came through. And then you have your busy gas that's going through like um, West or Eastern Europe. Um, you know, I mean, you can follow some of the paths and where some of the things are coming from when you're looking. Um, but yeah, it goes all the way back to the Sumerian people. You can find a lot of the cultures with Quetzalcoatl uh, um, or Kuklatan in uh, Inca de Mayas too. There's a lot of similarities in Sumerian t- uh, tablets found all over the planet. See, one of the things people always forget is the Sumerians were big storytellers from the standpoint of not being storytellers and creating lies. They they were the very first missionaries. You know, the the biggest lie that society tells us that people couldn't travel readily, and that was that was disproven by a guy by the name of Thor Heyerdahl from Norway that built what was called the Kantiki. It's a wonderful movie if you ever get a chance because everybody laughed at this guy and said, no, the Vikings were the first ones to be able to travel around the globe. But one thing you got to remember is the globe was very different at that time too. The, the continents were shifted closer to one another. This shift of where there's huge separations of the Indian Ocean and Australia and things like that is not that old. At the time period in four, six, four to 6,000 B.C., the continents were very close to one another. One of the reasons that we have a lot of uh, problems right now is the continents move. They're on a constantly moving plate, and certain parts of the planet are moving and breaking and will continue to break and move over the next millions of years until the whole map might look different. It might all bunch up on one side. It might just crack into a million little islands. We don't know, you know, because there's so many different things. But the travel distances weren't really that far at that time and, and okay me, i have a question i have a question for you guys i was born and raised catholic okay but mm-hmm. i converted i went to um born again christian and then my church now turned into non-denominational my church in connecticut so why is there so many changes within the Christian faith. Are they scared of something? No, you know what it is? is there's, they have to constantly evolve it. Religions, whether it be Judaism, it's the same in Judaism, it's the same in Islam, it's the same in Christianity. It's even the same. You have to evolve the religion. There's new pieces and parts to every puzzle that arrive all the time. One of the things you find, though, is is the most concentrated effort to hide these parts and pieces go on within the Roman Catholic, uh, you know, in the Roman Catholic diocese, the Roman Catholic construct. And the reason I say that is because they squelch the information, they take the information. Well, that holds it back from other people as well, like Methodists and Protestants. Do you know that most of the people who went to Michigan State when I went there were mainly people, and when they were studying what's called Near Eastern history or Near Eastern civilizations, they were mostly Christian and they were Protestant and Methodist. I found very few Roman Catholics. And I asked a few of these people, why so much interest in the Middle East? And they go, 
Well, you want to know what the enemy is up to. And in the enemy, and one of the professors told me one time, he said, the enemy is always changing the game to improve the game or to make it. Now realize this, every religion shrinks and grows. Christianity had a period where it shrank. Now it's seeing a resurgence, but it's seeing a resurgence in certain aspects of it. In other aspects, the churches are shrinking and becoming ghost towns. The same thing occurs with Judaism. The same thing occurs with Islam. Now, Islam is growing. Well, that's a many different factors that cause it to grow. A lot of times the people in my religion focus so much on the study of being an anti-Christian or anti-Catholic or anti-Protestant that they don't spend enough time learning what's wrong with Judaism, what's wrong with Islam. All of these religions have blood on their hands, and I can even say Hinduism has blood on their hands. And, okay, and even but, Satanism has blood in their hands. But in the Catholic faith, they have you have a baptism, you know, with your baby. I mean, my kids were baptized right after they were a month old. Now, a baptism is basically to, to wash sins away. If you're a little over a month old, how many sins can you have? What'd you do? What'd you do? Jump out of bed in in the middle of the night when I didn't know about it? Jump out of bed and go rob a bank or something? You know? Come on. You know now, John the Baptist talks about John the Baptist talks about the the baptism is is nothing as far as really sin. He he talks about the fact that, that baptism is more of an outward side of your faith. Basically, after you receive Jesus as your Savior, <clears throat> that that basically, well, you can tell allergies are down here. I'm leaving like a freight train. Jeez. Uh, welcome to New Mexico, best capital. Uh, anyway, that that basically, you know, that, that the, you're basically showing the public that baptism in itself, this is the way we're taught and this is the way the Bible talks about, you know, that, that it itself does nothing. You know, yeah, but at a month old, come on, at a month old. But a lot of that uh, has to do, Judy, with the fact that, and I studied the Catholics because I used to be Catholic. You know, used to be able to use the Catholics would actually teach you could buy your way into heaven. You know, basically, if you and I were married and we buy our chair, basically nobody can sit in that pew. That's our pew. Even if we don't come to church ever, that's our pew. And basically, and we never the, had I, that kind of stuff in our church, but so no, they anyway, because of the uprising like, of Martin Luther. I yeah. for myself, I got baptized when I was a month and a half old, and then I got baptized again <laughs> in 1990. <laughs> yeah, that's coming from that's coming from older traditions because it's been done long, long. You know, that's it. We have a <laughs> Uh, blessing from zero to one. Um, and then about right. nine years old, same thing. You know, it's more of a dedication because now the child is aware. Um, and it's more formal. Um, so, yeah, but that's coming from a tradition that is not, you know, of Christian or Abrahamic. But they do it and then um, they have brisks. They have a lot of things in different religions that would be like a passage. And it is a spiritual um, going through the door, if you will. Uh, it's an initiation into a different level, and it's an awareness in your religion. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, they're kind of present, 
but they go back very far. It's not not just to the origins of Christianity. So yeah, yep, that's yeah. To have a couple people online that might want to ask you guys some questions. Jan, are you there? Jan, hello. Okay, well, hey, while we're waiting, I, I told Julia I was going to ask you this question, okay? So, uh, so <laughs> this is a fun question, so just keep in mind, no offense, but what what do you respond to people that when you when uh, when they say your boss is an old goat, that are done? What's that? How do I respond to what? When your boss is, what do you respond to people when you say your boss is an old goat? Because the, the, the supposedly oh, Satan is already recognized as a cloven hoof. I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, yeah. That's not even right. No, no, no. It's Satan. Oh, my God. Come from, yeah, Speaking Satan was never, never, goat. never <laughs> described as a goat. Never, ever was he described as a goat headed anything. No, I know, um, I know. I was playing on the cloven hoof. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the yeah. other day, everybody <laughs> was... Everybody was like, they they said you need to watch Demon House by Zach Bagans. Oh my so, God, that movie sucks. <laughs> I I went online. I found the Demon House for free, and I was watching. It was a documentary, and they're they're like, this is an eight foot gout person standing on his bones, and I'm like, oh my God, are you freaking me kidding me? Sounds like a cryptid to me. <laughs> hey, let me <laughs> let me throw this out there uh, out of respect. I don't know, now. but you know, I have this mm-hmm. guy Grant. I have this guy Grandpa Rich Grandpa online here. He's on the phone. Grandpa Rich, do you have anything you want to ask? Grandpa Rich, are you there? Yes, right in the middle of washing dishes. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Hey, hey. <laughs> let's talk priorities here, man. <laughs> you have anything you want to ask? Uh, well, let's see. Let's see if I can come up with something intelligent to ask here. <laughs> hey, first, you're, first, you're, com- first, you're competing against all, me, so you don't have to stretch far. <laughs> first, first of all, I, I, I want to apologize. I I didn't mean. Sexist comment uh, to be, you know, abusive or. <laughs> it's okay, we all understand. We're all demented in some kind of way. Believe me. <laughs> I'm of the miscreant belief that we all have egos. Uh, I think men have egos. Women have egos, and yeah. I, I, I mean, vive la différence, you know. I, I but uh, anyway. Uh, question, question, question. Yes, yes. Uh, I came to the uh, understanding that the word Christ uh, actually, actually, actually equates to holy truth. And that Christ, holy what? Truth. Yeah. Wait a minute. The, the, the crystal. I, give me just it's a minute. Light. I got my external speaker on. I'm going to go to my headset. Christ is the Messiah. Christ is the Messiah. Absolutely. The anointed, the the um, the light. Um, yeah. 
I, I know where you're coming from there. Okay. Oh. Well, the, the Messiah was always... The, I apologize. My, my point here is... Excuse <laughs> me. In my opinion, I have I have seen uh, amazingly uh, powerful and, and differing levels of truth uh, mm -hmm. come come from a lot of people, mm -hmm. and and I I mean a lot of them are uh, would would probably if you asked them are you know are you Christian you know as as in a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I think I think some would say, well, yeah, you know, he was a prophet, you know, for sure. He stood up bravely. He stood up bravely, you know, and and spoke the truth uh, into the faces of the powers, and and basically opened people's eyes, you know, to uh, how how they were being bullied and cowed, you know, and and, and basically. Used like animals instead of fellow human beings. Well, basically, I feel that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He gave His life for salvation for us all. He got crucified for that. Um, I also believe that Moses got really upset when they were. Um, worshiping the golden calf. Okay, that's that's what I believe. That's my belief. Doesn't have to be your belief, but that's my belief. I believe right. in heaven and hell. I believe in Satan. I believe in demonic spirits and I'm telling you right now, I got two Satanists on the phone and they're my best friends. <laughs> well, yeah. well, thank you very much. It's it's all in how you deal with people. Like I said, I, I don't just go out there. Like a lot of Satanists immediately take a position of being like a, like there's some kind of like spider hidden under the, hidden underneath of the cupboard. And the minute that you reach for something, they're going to reach out and strike you in the hand. Right. And uh, it don't work like that. You, you know, I can, I can defend my religion. I can defend where it comes from. I have shown you a little bit or explained to you a little bit about, what goes on? Judy is in one of our interactive groups where she's seen how it how it breaks out. Uh, this information is not something that comes to me that I make up. I don't sit in the middle of a field and I don't go, okay, well, Satan, send me these messages. No, it doesn't work that way. I do research and I find <laughs> this information. Yeah, and I take but this information see, and I put Tom, it out there. But, Tom, yeah. you, you know what? I like, if you post something in your group, because I'm a member of your group, and if you post something right. in there, and I feel comfortable coming to you and saying, what the hell are you talking about? Right, right. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I want to share it with a lot of people, because I, I, without without getting into a broad-scale argument, I can tell you this. It's the root of everything that you have in Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. It's just the name for the thing. And you have and, to have a bad guy. Yeah, and you have to have a bad guy, and you have to have a good guy. Yeah, because otherwise it would not move forward. There would be no, nothing but a flat, you know. But it still reflects, once again, every bit of our own human nature, you know. Um, 
and we believe in, in embracing and understanding every part of ourselves versus oppressing, you know. Um, now we know a little bit more <laughs> than, than what was uh, back in the days when, you know, the guidance was needed to oppress some of the, the things like um, that you see in the movie, you know. And a lot of it is movies. And a lot of the things that you see in Slovakia, they're your uh, atheists. They don't believe in Satan. But yet they want to venerate demons and do ritual, and you know they say you don't need Satan for that. Well, we okay. are Satan. They like to say they call themselves. Satan. Yeah, they're they're actually deifying themselves. So you know that's the, there's a difference there. Um, they want to do. Uh, remember, Levey was a was a stage carny before he brought out the Church of Satan back in '66. So he was a lot of stage um, knocking off, if you will. You know, I'm not saying that things. Everything that we do, um, we do for a reason. It's not in a, to be profane. Um, I mean, we're pretty comfortable in our own path, in our own our own deity. Um, most of the time, I don't care what everybody else is doing unless it's affecting the whole or other people, which, I mean, right now, um, we can say that there's a bunch of religions out there fighting about whose God is right. That's not right. Okay. Because you know, none of us. Yeah, no, I watched watched the first season of The Exorcist, okay, Mm -hmm. which was based on the movie, The Exorcist, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. and it finally got back, at the end of the season, it got back to, the mother was actually, actually Reagan, okay, and her kids got possessed. One of the daughters got possessed, and they worked through that. And then I watched the second season, and it had nothing to do with the first season for real. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you do with these people that cry demonic possession? What do you do with them? I mean, everything is demonic possession these days. This is why I left the paranormal, because right. everything I came across, they were possessed. Right. Well, there's a lot of things going on right now, a lot of energies. The earth is changing. Animals are, are feeling energy changes. You know, that's noticeable. But if somebody is having some issues, I mean, that's why they have psychological evaluations and everything else. Because, you know, sometimes... That would be very, very rare. I mean, um, like we're talking in a walk-in situation. Um, generally speaking, they're not going to just throw the, the host that or the soul that's in the body out. Not easily because that kind of goes against Earth's law. Not man's law, um, but Earth's law um, in some of the old writings. Um, so sometimes if there's issues in that, um, or a person might be channeling, or, but it's still the person inside. So if you do an exorcism, you might be very well exercising the soul that's in there, that's supposed to be in there. So that's why I right. mean, there's fail-safes. There are. There's fail-safes and everything. So um, that's the good Okay, thing, well, we're, you know. we're almost coming up to the end here. So I right. do want to say something. Tom, are you still there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I wanted... Um, everybody to take some time out to pray for Art Bell and his family. Art Bell is a great 
pioneer and a paranormal, as you know, Tom, he is. Yeah, um, yeah I was on the show with me, too. I loved it. Yeah, Tom was on the show. He treated me very yeah. well. He, he, has passed, he passed away last night. So Right. Yeah, we you know, we just, just want to yeah. be able to pray for their family and I bet it, what I have bet you. Uh, they're going to have an autopsy done on to see why he passed away because he wasn't sick I, or anything like that. So I've had a couple calls from people and texts that you know he was big into the conspiracy theorists and the conspiracy of why he died is even starting. Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody in Albuquerque. Yeah. So I mean, right. You know, he was a wonderful guy. When I talked to him, I walked through there. I, I wasn't on his show, but I talked to him on the ham radio. And, and when he was down in the Philippines, and the man talked to me like he'd known me forever, like I was his best friend. I, I developed a lot of respect for Art, and nothing personal against George Norrie, but when he left, to me, my personal opinion, when he left coast to coast, it, it was never the same. You know, I think right. he's a great person. I, I right. Think, as I was talking to my buddy, I really pray that he went into sleep peacefully, very quickly, and he didn't know what hit him. That's just, you know, my thing. Because, uh, you know, I know he lost his wife a couple of years ago, um, you know, and, and that had to be heartbreaking for him, you know. And then his yeah. son had the issues. So. Right, I, I really, right. I've got to tell you, though, honestly, y'all have, uh, look, I'm still Southern Baptist, I'm still Christian, I believe what I believe, but I will tell you this, I have more respect for you than I did when I started this show tonight, because, you know, you come in with preconceived notions of what you're going to go with, you know, Judy told me y'all are nice and everything, but y'all really are are really nice, you didn't criticize anything really, you know. Um, it's one of those agree to disagree type of things, and you were really respectful about it. And y'all have, I'm, I'm really impressed. You really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff that I did not know. Oh, Tom and you. Cindy, Tom and Cindy, they're wonderful yeah. people. They're like my brother and sister. I love them dearly. They will never damn you for what you believe in. They never downed me, so they're great people, you know. Well, they really are. I had a pastor tell me when we go out to witness to people, he always told me, he said, Jesus never ever hit anybody over the head with the Bible. He said, That's not going to bring anybody to Christ. He said, The bottom line is, you need to be friends with them. He said, You know, even if you never convert them, the bottom line is, they know you're out there. He said, you're never, ever. He said, your job is not to convert anybody. Just like you, I mean, your job is to tell people about what you believe. If they choose to believe, right. then all well and good. Right. If not, you've done your job. You know, And that's why I listen. Right. And even with y'all, I mean, yeah. you know, whether I believe what you believe or whether you believe what I believe, we can still be friends and agree to disagree. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we believe in God. You know, because of course, I got to say. All yeah, I but, have but, to say, all I have to say is, we really didn't have too many people in chat tonight. People came and left and stuff like that. But you know what? That's our, I don't care. We'll get the no, that's all right. That's all right. I don't yeah. care. I go mm-hmm. by the archives. 
how many people download yeah. the show. I know one person that's going to download the show, but we're not going to mention <laughs> his name. But anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know? It's not. Yeah, the one thing that I say to Christians or anybody else, you know, we believe in God, but it's not the way that you might type thing. You know, it's not that. I mean, we're all here doing earth time in a human body. Um, and we're all, you know, it's called respect, you know, and that's why we have First Amendment and freedom from being persecuted, well, no, all of us. Nobody, and, nobody gets out alive. <laughs> I mean, that's right, the right. I know. The thing is, <laughs> Cindy, the thing is, is I respect you and Tom. Okay, the right. first time I heard Tom, I was a co-host, okay, and, and it's like, what's he talking to me at? I have no clue what he's talking about, you know, so I had him on my show, and he was great on my show. I'd like to Tom, you were Tom, you were great on my show. You know, you cleared up I'm a lot of things. Him. Yeah, I'm proud of him. He knows what he's talking about. He really does. Tom is yeah, the most man for him. Yeah, he does. Definitely. And he can answer. Yeah. You and you and I have been talking a lot, you know, and I respect your views, you respect my views, and that's all that matters. <laughs> I got I gotta tell you this one thing. I had a I had a friend down in South Carolina. Uh he, he oh. said he was uh he was a Satanist and uh I guess I for lack of a better word, forgive my ignorance, traditionalist, I guess. And I, he was saying that they uh, they have their procedures where they go and with a full moon and they dance around naked, you know, and all this stuff. Of course, he had my attention immediately because there were some really beautiful women that he was describing. And, you know, just for that brief second of, a, you know, well, maybe it was dance won't hurt me, you know, but. <laughs> oh, my God, I got it. This, this is funny. <laughs> I I had an investigation to do, and I had a newbie in the investigation world. I had to do my investigation at the Windsor House. Okay. Mm -hmm. Both you and Tom heard about the Windsor House and know who's haunting the house. All right? Uh, Right. So he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, so go to the bathroom. She's like... (laughs) Will you come outside and stand outside the bathroom door <laughs> so nothing gets me? I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. You're an investigator. It's a spirit of a man. <laughs> right, right. Yep, no doors and windows there. <laughs> oh, no. And there weren't. There was a big, beautiful bathtub in there where you had to step up the step to get in the bathtub, and I'm like, Oh, I just want to put candles around this bathtub and take a bath in here. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you my funny story. Yeah. Nice big huge tub. And it had, you know, the the sauna jets and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I so want to get into that tub with candles around it. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know. Well, I got one of those big, big, huge ones over here. And I, I said to my it. ex, I said, cool. honey, can I get this tub of candles around? He says, no, you can't. Oh, no, not <laughs> unless you're going to want some company, maybe, you know, <laughs> that you might not want. Oh, yeah. But no, we enjoyed ourselves. You know, anybody, 
Yeah, we don't have any any question or any problems with any questions because you know that's just it. The fear, fear is the thing that really causes um, the division amongst people here. Um, you know. Okay. I sent you yeah. those pictures. Uh huh. Well, I okay. sent you the video that was taken the night my dog was going off. Right. What did you see? I think. I've seen a little, uh, looks like a child size or a very uh, petite, maybe female, twice. You know, first the dog barked, um, and then when the dog stopped, I think it, the dog was looking in the same direction as I've seen walking towards the closet, a yeah. shadow. Yeah. Lots of orbs. Yeah, but I've seen actually an outline of a, a, a disincarnate whether it be a being or what. But, yeah, there there was something there for sure. We were investigating a place down called the Blackness. My son-in-law mm-hmm. was with us, his first one. And so we were trying mm-hmm. to get a voice. I'm still laughing about this. And so I, I, I asked on our spirit box, I said, can you, do you know what, what this gentleman's name is? And this voice came across, and you could tell it was, shall we say, alternative lifestyle. Said no, but I'd uh-huh. like to. Uh-huh. <laughs> said, oh, the boy. first one you get on, you get hit on by a gay ghost. Leave it to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I've got one too. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. I am actually a serial killer. I am actually what, a serial killer. I am a okay. serial killer. And when I tell people I'm a serial killer, you know what they say? <laughs> yeah, you dry your cereal and milk. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah, Thank there you go. We got, now, we got to be careful what we all, all say and manifest because I'll tell you, it, it almost feels like we're living in every horror movie that we've ever seen up run across the TV anymore. You oh, know, I'm gosh. getting that feeling. It's, it's very creepy, some of the things well, that are you know, showing up out there. Next time you what? I have a question to ask you and Tom. These guys that are like put on death row, convicted of murder, horrendous murders and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think that they should be put on death row and spending their taxpayers' money like that and sitting there for years like Charles Manson. He should have been put to death right away. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, that's the way I feel. I mean, and I feel like whatever they did to their victim, like the the mother that drowned her two kids, and she's on death row for life. She uh, yeah. she should be pulling a car and pulling a lake too. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's a good waste of a car. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, that's like mosaic law, you know, an eye for an eye of Haramabi. Um, but no, I mean, you're right. You're right, absolutely right. Now we can, with forensics, that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, you're right. Why? Yeah, I mean, it's called recycle. I, I absolutely agree, you know, especially with child molesters. I can't deal with those. I got little babies and, and, you know, yeah, I think they need to be given over to the family, agree. you know, um, no, if it were me, I'd take them out to a, to a barn somewhere and just take them to the edge of death so many times and torture them 
I mean, that yeah, would be me the too. sadistic part of my human nature, just because no, of what they did to that child. I have, I have yeah. no respect for children. I West think they that. should get out there and hung like the innocent victims in Salem. Yeah, I got hung such a death. Yeah, those, they were innocent. Then there were millions in the name of, of a political or religious agenda that were murdered. They were tortured and murdered, and that wasn't right. You know, you know there's a lot of bloodshed. One of my buddies said, he said, what we ought to do with all the child molesters is uh, stick them in the military, stick them on the front lines, and send them in, you know? You know, irregardless, if they get killed, big deal, you know? Right. I, I think, think they should be recycled, right? Me, myself, being a woman yeah. and having somebody molest me as a child, I think all those child molesters should get in there and... and have their dicks cut off. Well, yeah, they do that in some countries, and you know what? They don't last in prison. That's one thing the inmates will take them out. They, it's I don't say put them in prison. I just say I, cut their dicks off because, you I, know. I love it, Judy, when you use medical terms. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Well, what? You cut their penises off. There's a big vein <laughs> that you know goes what? through there. Yeah. You they know will bleed what? to death. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Well, yeah, if you're going to leave them that way, they can die, yeah. But if they're not going to die right away, then with our, 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 our broken system, that is the criminal justice system, the way that they will put them back out in the streets, with or without their parts, there's still that poor nature or of that Or you should monster. just, like, leave them with their parts and hit the femoral Well, they need it. They, they need to have their their parts cut, yeah. their parts cut off and stuff well, in their if, mouth and then now, choke on it. If if they have their femoral vein cut, they will never live. Back in the seventies, yeah. I read a story. <laughs> Back in the seventies, I yeah. read a story about a guy that had molested. I had a huge. I had to use medical terms because Jeff is a <laughs> nurse, so I had to use medical yeah. terms. Cut our femoral vein. This guy uh-huh. in the seventies, this father took a glass thermometer, put it inside the guy's penis, and broke it. And that's <laughs> the next step. Oh well. I would, I would be praying for death. Let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> so, right. Uh, Absolutely. Tell these Absolutely. people where they could get a hold of you guys at your website at and your store yeah, site. The ancient, ancient Church of God. Um, Facebook and MeWe. Yep. MeWe.com. And the website will be done shortly. Yeah, that'll be ancientchurchofgod.com. Right. So, or our Facebook pages, that's fine. And there's other people that are involved in the project, too. You know, it's not just about me and Tom. <laughs> so, right, we work very similar to, in, in Christian terms, we're going to be similar to like a church without ministry per se we have people who can minister the word of satan but we don't have a leadership we have a board right so it'd be I almost know. like jehovah's witnesses i have one question for you before you leave okay seriously yeah. and before i leave because crystal needs cigarettes so i gotta go priorities i want to stay alive so anyway uh, the question i have is now let's say one of your members is getting ready to pass on are there any yeah. Um, in general, are there anything like last rites that y'all perform as they're passing on? I'm just curious. 
we do a standard funeral procession. We try to gather as many of their original artifacts and, and things that they own, right. any mon- any monetary wealth that they own, like statuary, uh, right. you know, gold and statues, anything like that that we can place. So we would give them a traditional Sumerian ba- basically burial. Yeah. And then we'd breed a eulogy. I, I did my mom, give you an example. I, I can kind of like switch gears fast. I did my mom's eulogy, and she was originally a Norse pagan, and I did her entire funeral service in, in a format of Norse paganry. Yes, it is grand. So wow. I can do these different things, which is really kind of cool. People were standing there not not really understanding what I was up to, but it was okay. It flowed real well. But I do a lot of funeral services. I can do weddings and et cetera, being that we're ordained. Our church right now is in an in-between status. And what I mean by that is it's, we're seeking all 50 state ordainment, and that shall be completed by January of next year. Right. So it's paperwork and process. I'm, we're still, a lot of us are still ordained, but we're not able to perform weddings and funerals in certain states. I am under mine, but I'd have to go to the state and get their regulations. Most of the time they come to me, um, but there's still guidelines, you know. Um, I've been doing that since 1990, early 90s. I've been illegal, non-denominational. Um, so, yeah, we've done a lot of things like that. Not, I, It's non-denominational, pretty much, or pagan. So, like, if okay, I die, you could do my funeral, right? <laughs> Keep you with that if that's what your wish is. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, yeah. I hate to run. It was a pleasure talking to y'all. Seriously, uh, I'm I'm really impressed. Jesus, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for allowing me to guest host. As always, it's always thank a pleasure. And uh, thank you, Jeff. It was nice. Yeah, no problem, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Y'all have, have a, a good, good night. night. All right, guys. Bye, guys. Uh, bye. All right. It was a pleasure Thank having you. you guys on. I'll have you come back on someday. I mean, we had a good time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Thank you. I love you guys with all my heart. So. I know. And we love you too, Judy. All right. Well, and you <laughs> you safe. take care and be safe, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.